Welcome everybody to Too Legit to Crit, a tabletop role-playing podcast hosted by two guys who get nearly as excited for TTRPGs as the Wizards of the Coast execs do during their annual puppy punching retreat. Really? Really? <laughs> what do we I had just a... say about watching what we say? <laughs> but it's 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 the Wizards of the Coast execs. They're like the worst human beings. Yeah, it doesn't I mean, count. It's, it's accurate, but all right. <laughs> I mean, I mean to to be fair, I could have gone a lot worse than puppy punching. I mean, you could have. <laughs> so yeah, you know, restraint was shown. I'll give you that. <laughs> you you did you did not see the drafts that didn't make it. I don't want to see the drafts that didn't make it because I see I'll, the drafts that do make it. <laughs> I'll I'll send you the drafts that did make it. They were good. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Well, my name is John Santana. I am still Justin. That hasn't okay. changed. And today we are joined by a wonderful guest, none other than Lich Dad himself, Conlin. How's it going, Conlin? Hello, hello. It is good. Um, yeah, excited to be here. Excited to to jump in and chat with you, you both. Uh, we're excited to have you as well. Um, however, I am going to have to like partially abstain from this episode because, as you can tell, um, this is killing me. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I am struggling to speak. I am going to be around. I may interject from time to time, uh, but for the most part, I'm going to let Justin and you guys just just talk it out. And in the meantime, I'm going to try keep the chat entertained as much as possible. <laughs> I. I do not promise to behave myself. He's not going to. I'm well aware of this. I, I feel yeah. like the two of them are going to... Uh, I, th I think you and Couch are both going to be on a mission to make my life hell today. So it's going to be great. I can't wait. I am indeed, but I am here. So, you know, I hope everybody enjoys the show. I do apologize once again for not taking a more active role uh, today, but I do kind of need to to kind of rest and recover a tiny bit. Um, but yeah, have fun, guys. No worries. Awesome. So, just us now. He's gone. He's just run us. away. <laughs> just the two of us, you and I. Um, so, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Uh, so, um, my name's Conlon. Uh, you can find me at lich.dad most places on the internet. That's like my personal stuff. Uh, I have a small TTRPG creating company called Has Been Wizards. Um, you can find that in a couple of different places too. Um, I do a little bit of everything. I'm a software engineer by day, um, a TTRPG creator, YouTuber, live streamer, all the things, you know, all the fun stuff. Uh, all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good time. Um, I, yeah, I, I've been in the TTRPG space for a while now. I started playing when I was 13, I think I started with uh, D&D 3.5, um, kind of jumped into that prior to high school, took a little bit of a break because I came from a very small, fairly conservative town and uh, mm. no one really played D&D where I was from. So uh, <laughs> didn't really play much through high school and then um, kind of got into college, started playing 5e um, and then from there played off and on. And then the last, I don't know, three years have really jumped into doing a lot more i've been in a, a live stream ap for 
uh, two and a half years now, two years, something like that. Um, started making some content, uh, making writing a couple different games, working on some game jams, doing all sorts of fun stuff. So yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you've definitely, uh, definitely been around the block a little bit. <laughs> um, so the, the AP that you're in, is that mm-hmm. in 5e or what, what, is, is that a 5e game? Yep. Yeah. It is a, uh, homebrew world, uh, fifth edition. Um, it's on, uh, if it's cool, if I plug it's, it's tales of initiative, uh, on Twitch. We play every Wednesday, the game I'm in, we have a couple games on the tales channel. The game I'm in is called sunset over Vengalia. Um, it's a high fantasy kind of standard D and D homebrew world, uh, with lots of, uh, gods and devils stuff playing in. That's kind of the main theme of the game. So. See, that makes me very happy because I don't normally get to talk about 5e a lot here because somebody else on the show doesn't like 5e. (laughs) (laughs) So today we get to talk about 5e and I'm happy. (laughs) Let's do it. I'm in. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, I mean, 5e in general, I love it. I know a lot of people don't. Where do you kind of stand on the whole... 5e versus some of the other systems you've played and and that sort of thing i oh man this is such a loaded question in so many ways Um, (laughs) yes it is (laughs) i I enjoy 5e especially having come from 3.5 uh Hmm. which was like just do you like dictionaries and math right like 3.5 was just like oh i'm gonna make an attack roll let me go. All right, I got to go look up. Okay, I have a plus three from this thing. All right, I got to roll an extra D6 here. And then you're like, okay, I have a, a 43 to hit. I don't know. Does that does that hit? Uh, and and it, it really has kind of that, like, I think D&D had a trajectory of, like, old school was very just, like, do whatever you want. We'll figure out what the dice are. You know, that's why OSR games are so, like, yeah, you, you roll a D20 and we'll figure out if it does a thing, yeah, right? Like, uh, that's, that's kind of the whole, yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. <laughs> yeah, to 3.5, which was, like, we are going to codify everything. Literally, mm. if you there's there are rules for jumping off of a balcony, grabbing onto a chandelier, doing a backflip, and stabbing someone. Like, that, that just <laughs> ridiculous. And then I think 5e really took a lot of that and, and kind of, like, toned it down, right? It made it more... Yeah video game-esque, made it more accessible. I think in doing that, they lost a, a little bit of the the vibe of D&D. There's some of the things that I liked about 3.5 got lost in 5e, but I think overall, it's a very accessible system for people to get into, especially starting for, out with games. It works really well for APs um, mm-hmm. because it, it's just accessible. People know the rules. You're not, you know... You're not also in the middle of trying to explain like what the game is also trying to be like, and in this weird system that we're using, <laughs> here's why you roll a D eight and not a D 20 or whatever. Yeah. Um, but all that said, I love OSR games and like the other stuff too. Um, but five E is definitely a, a powerhouse in the TTRPG space. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I kind of, uh, I started out playing uh, Pathfinder, which obviously was, essentially 3.5 part two. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I kind of ran into the same thing where it was, you know, it got to a point where you were rolling so many dice that it felt like you needed like a degree in maths just to figure out whether you could attack something or not um, half the time. And 
then I got introduced to 5e at a, a local club that we had um, that do like TCRPGs and all that sort of thing. I thought I'd give uh, give give 5e a try there. And it was just, it's so straightforward and there's no like insane power creep that happens either, um, which I really liked because that was one of the things that, you know, Pathfinder, by the time you hit sixth level, you're rolling 20 dice to hit. Um, and that just doesn't happen in 5e, and I quite like that. And like I say, it does make it, especially for things like, you know, st- streaming um, an AP or, or something like that, it, it is a lot easier because you're not seeing one person roll 50 dice and another person roll three and going, well, hang on a minute. The only time that really happens is when the rogue is attacking because they've got all their fucking sneak attack dice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think 5e is, is very interesting, kind of just across the board, like... Um, it feels like a system that you can really like master that like, yeah, for the most part, if you learn the rules, if you read the DMG, you read the player's handbook, like you're going to have a pretty good grasp on how the game plays. Whereas yeah. with a lot of previous games, 3.5 Pathfinder, I think very similarly, like you might master your class. You might be like, I'm really good at playing rogue because I've played it enough that I understand the 40,000 rules that come into yeah. this thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's interesting. Um, I do wish there were more rules in 5e for just like general role play stuff. I think mm-hmm. it, it, there's a lot of rules for combat. There's a lot of rules for like very specific. OK, you're trying to persuade someone like that kind of stuff. But yeah, at times it's just kind of a weird, uh, you know, uh, I, wanting to do something that's not just codified directly. Uh, it's a lot of yeah. hand wavy GM just says, go do a thing. And that's what I like about a lot of the the third party games the the osrs hmm. the the various other kind of indie games that are out there a lot of those codify a lot more of that like storytelling thing yeah i mean that's something that i've been finding uh a lot more recently because so in the last probably four or five months i've started playing a lot more um well just a lot more systems to be honest because I, I was very very limited in what i what i'd been playing up until uh recently and um it's been it's been really interesting to see the way some stuff is just handled differently by different systems and there's a lot of stuff that i've come across but like oh that'd be really cool to to bring across or um like the one thing that i've always found has never really been done really really well in stuff that i've played so far is like traveling or or like downtime sort of mechanics and stuff like that there's never really been something where I've sat down and gone, this is a really cool way to spend downtime. Um, those sessions always kind of feel a bit, well, I don't really know what I want to do, so I'm just going to do this. And those, those bits always kind of, um, so that that's the the next big thing I'm looking out for is something where, where I can do that. Yeah, uh, I'm actually a really big fan. When I GM, which isn't very often anymore, um, I like Lucky. to actually pull in other games. Yeah. <laughs> um, when I can, like if, if there is downtime, if there is travel time, things like that, I think it's a really cool and interesting way to like pull in a different game and say, mm-hmm. OK, we're going to, you know, you're in the middle of downtime. So we're going to switch over to this like rule set. Um, Blades in the Dark, I think, has some interesting things. I, I think people who limit themselves to a single system are missing out on the possibility of doing some really cool stuff. Blades in the dark, very specifically, I like for um, running like heists in a game. Like you can pretty easily translate a five E character into a blades in the dark character. And then basically just use the like heist rule set of blades Mm -hmm. in the dark to like 
run a heist in a 5e game um which i think is really cool i think there's a lot of opportunity for that kind of stuff yeah no absolutely i mean uh blades is one that i've actually recently uh i played my first game of blades just before christmas um nice and it was it was so cool i loved i fell in love with it uh john actually ran that game and it was it was so much fun and yeah i mean like you say the crossover is there like it's very very obvious to see um but i never really thought about combining two games like that that would actually be a lot of fun i i think once you kind of pull yourself out of the limiting yourself to a single game right like oh mm. we're playing 5e we have to do everything in 5e yeah. <laughs> which is where you get everybody trying to be like oh we'll just hack it into 5e like oh i want you know space mechs in my 5e game and you're like it's kind of not built for that <laughs> like find a space mech game convert mm. it a little bit and then use that instead i don't know yeah uh, it it's interesting oh yeah no definitely um i think it might be something i have to uh try out sometime but i think that's a that's a good one but you also told me before we started that you also uh, dabble a little bit in making your own systems as well in your own games. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got a couple out uh, on my itch page. Was.itch.io, W-U-Z. Um, the, I've been really focused on game jams lately um, and just kind of getting started by making simple one-page games, jumping into to small games. Um, the most recent one I did was actually a 24-word game so you'd write all of the rules for the game in 24 words um <laughs> yeah which was it was interesting i, I like the game jams because they're very like creatively limiting um yeah. i have one long-term ongoing project that i've been working on and then kind of filling in the gaps with the game jam stuff um but it's been a good time uh, i've kind of dabbled with a bunch of different genres a bunch of different things um trying to think which ones are most interesting to talk <laughs> about um I think Spellbook is one that's done pretty well. Uh, it's a solo journaling game. Um, it, it's it's kind of interesting. Like solo games do really well, especially on itch, because I think a lot of people don't have group of people to play with, or like they're looking to play yeah. games, but like don't have someone to GM. So um, yeah, Spellbook is is an interesting one. It's a uh, it was made for a bookmark game jam, so everything that you made had to fit on a bookmark. Um, and the idea is you're a, a wizard discovering hidden spells in the everyday books around you. And so based on when you reach certain points in the book, you can roll uh, really it's actually you don't you don't actually roll. It's um, based on the uh, like page and words and different things that you're on in that book and like the author of the book and some of that kind of stuff. And you yeah. essentially figure out what spell you've like learned from this book. Um, kind of just a fun way to track like what books you're reading um yeah. and then also have just like a little a game to play in the middle of it so yeah, that's pretty cool i like that yeah it, it kind of gives you like, like say yeah like, like a fun little thing to do whilst doing something that's already quite fun right i mean because you're not going to read a book just for the sake of reading you're reading them because you enjoy them and then just adding another layer of enjoyment to that is uh yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like games, especially the smaller games. I like where they, they kind of pull in that. Um, the the feeling of like, this is something I would do anyway, the, especially solo and like journaling games mm. in general. I think it's cool to have like, you know, I'm reading a book anyway. Um, let me, you know, have a little bit of a thing to just keep kind of keep track. It's a fun way to have 
a journal that's not just I read this book and <laughs> I got to this page. Like it, you can, you know, sit down and, and really say, uh, you know, oh, like oh, you go through your, your history and your spell book and be like, this is, uh, you know, the books I read last year. This is whatever other yeah. thing. Um, yeah, I, I think it's it's interesting. I guess. <laughs> yeah, um, no, I mean, definitely. Yeah. And I mean, like you're saying that the way that like the game jams give you that kind of restriction as well. Like I, I've done a few game jams, but like not TTRPGs. I did them for for video games. I used to do a lot of that when i was at uni um and yeah i mean the, the the way that you'll kind of be given this one really constricting bit that may it changes the whole way you approach the way you would normally design something and that's always been really really cool to me um but yeah like hearing like some of those ones that you said there about having it all fit on like a, a bookmark or uh, like 24 words. I don't even know how you'd write yep. a game in 24 words. <laughs> that one was interesting. It's it's on my itch page. Uh, that one's a uh, filet minion, uh, which is a, a game about you're a, you're a minion working for your your boss uh, and you have to find the ingredients for their meal. Um, OK, basically, <laughs> it's really interesting. You can you can pretty well distill down a lot of games into very simple like mechanics, uh, yeah. um, because really all you need is the narrative and the success mechanic, right? Like how yeah. do you do something and succeed at it? Uh, and so that one is very, um, it's a D six system where if you roll uh, a certain number of D sixes or like above a certain number, um, it, it let you, you succeed and it's, yeah. you, there's failure, uh, a success with a drawback and then like critical success basically, yeah. um, which is in a lot of systems out there. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to kind of like, how do you get the vibe of a game and the rules of a game into 24 words and give people enough to go off of? Um, yeah, it's a good time. So, yeah, no, definitely. It's kind of funny. I've, I've been as I've been doing game jams, I've been slowly getting like smaller and smaller. The first game jam I did was a one page. So, mm. you know, full like eight, eight and a half by 11 or, or a four uh, size yeah. page. Uh, and then it went to the bookmark, which was like, you know, obviously smaller than that. And Fraction, now it's yeah. like uh filet mignon, which is uh 24 words. It fits on a business card. Um, yeah, so. your next one's going to yeah. be like, it has to fit on like a quarter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, two word game jam. Yeah. <laughs> Success fail. How does it work? Uh, heads yep. and tails. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got, I did one. Let's go next. Uh, yeah, there you go. I, you know, that's funny. I You really could. So part of the 24 words, one of the things that was kind of a saving grace on it is the uh, title and introduction didn't have to fit in those 24 words. So you could okay. like add a little bit of, you know, here's what the name of the game is. Here's like the vibe. Uh, mm. The rules were the only thing that had to fit. So you could totally do, uh, you know, six word game jam. Uh, how to succeed. Flip coin heads tails or whatever right like, yeah like, um yeah it's interesting uh um, that, would, that would actually yeah. be so fun but yeah no i think I, I'm, that's something i might look at myself in, in uh in the future because it's it's something i really enjoyed like for video games and stuff and as, as i'm getting more into i mean we've we've joked about it on here quite a few times about us building our own system um and like it's something that i think it would be a lot of fun to do just in general um, and, you know, we, we've spoken to, uh, I mean, in, including yourself now, we've spoken to quite a few people that, you know, make games and stuff like that. And 
every single one has said, you know, similar sort of stuff. Like it's just so interesting and so fun. And having done it like for video games, it'd be really cool now to see if the same kind of, obviously, I mean, the same mechanics aren't going to work, right? Because it's a different, different medium, but like the same kind of vibe and stuff can, can come across and yeah. Yeah. yeah I, and it's really, fun. I think it's, it's interesting. I've never done game development. I am adjacent. I'm a software engineer. So like I do yeah. web stuff. I've never really done game <laughs> stuff. Um, but uh, I play a lot of games, a lot of video games. And so um, it's really interesting, I think, sometimes to like see something in a video game and be like, oh, I really like that aspect of a thing. Um, yeah. One of the other games that I have that is an open source rule set that I'm working on is called Run and Hide. Mm-hmm. Um, that's sort of based on the gameplay vibe of Dead by Daylight and like some okay. of those uh, hunter yeah, hunted yeah. games. Mm. Um, and it's all it's yeah. interesting. It's all based in a sort of rock, paper, scissors card flip mechanic uh where you can choose between run hide or fight the predator can choose between uh slay uh search or chase i think something like that and then like depending on how they match up uh you either get away or you take a failure basically um and so it's the whole the whole vibe of the game is basically okay you, you are being chased by something that is much stronger than you um mm. which is the thing and i think that that was an interesting one for me because the dead by daylight was kind of the inspiration but then yeah. it also kind of came from like it's really hard past level three in 5e to really make something that feels like there's stakes like mm. it's hard to just be like okay you need to run from this thing like it's yeah. going to kill you you don't have a chance of hurting it like it, because of the i think 5e just really pushes towards that combat mechanic right everything mm. is codified into combat and so I wanted a game that was very like very asymmetric felt like, you know, the predator movies or like uh, a ghost hunting, like, you know, that kind of movie or, or yeah. something like that, where mm. like this thing is going to kill you if it catches you. You're, yeah. You don't have a chance here. You have to do something. <laughs> and so even like the fight mechanic is like if you play fight and it plays chase or something else, I can't remember exactly how it all shakes down. It's mm. all in the, the rules. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you, it's not that you, you know, you're attacking it and like hurting it. You are pushing it over or shoving a cabinet yeah, on like, it so that you can get away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or like, like in Dead by Day, like put it, put in the like pallet down to, yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, yep. I've, I've played a lot of Dead by Daylight. <laughs> nice. There you go. <laughs> um, um but yeah, no, like, like like you're saying, I mean, that that feeling as well, like when you're playing as a survivor in Dead by Daylight, like your heart is going and you're right. Like in, in 5e, it's really hard to get that same vibe once you get past sort of, you know, once you start getting into your subclasses, because it, it, especially like if you throw something at them that is so hard, they can't deal with it. It'll kill them all in one round. And if it can't kill them all in one round, they'll find a way to beat it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, it's, it's really cool to, like, like you say, bring stuff from video games into into this space as well. I mean, what, one of the things that I've been uh, trying to do is um, bring, like, raids and stuff from some of the MMOs that I play. Bring them and, like, their fight mechanics into, like, a, a dungeon um, type thing. So the the one I've been working on lately, or I say lately for a while now, is um from old school RuneScape. Uh the second second raid? Third raid. Third raid. Uh that they introduced um Tombs of a Masket. 
trying to bring that whole thing because it's got like puzzle rooms that lead to the boss fight and then there's four of like there's four puzzle rooms that lead to four boss rooms that then leads to one final boss room um and just as like you go through it and you're like oh this is this is like this is a whole dungeon like sweet um so trying to like bring those across and and make the mechanics from the raid work in a tabletop setting is it's been really really cool and really really fun um so yeah it's definitely something that i, I, I would like to do more of i reckon yeah uh th- there's so many lessons you know level design in a video game is basically the same as dungeon mm. design in a ttrpg and so i think yeah. there's so many cool things the zelda uh dungeons all of every zelda game but especially like ocarina of time and majora's mask like the dungeons and like puzzles and things in those games have always been a big inspiration for me in dungeon design because i just love the like it's linear but like somewhat non-linear depending on how you want to approach it you got to have certain yeah. gear um i don't know that's all always really fun um yeah yeah definitely i mean like I, i've i've always used things uh like I say i mean for me it was uh i used a lot of uncharted puzzles um because so, like going through that you get you get those rooms it's like you got to pull that lever which drops that rock down which and like getting those kind of rooms and then building them out and being like right this is the puzzle have fun guys and then watching them try and figure it out and then you always get like one player who's played the game and like clocks it. it's like i know this one <laughs> <laughs> um, so always fun man, i always add a twist <laughs> Yeah, there you go. That's that's the way to do it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I always love the uh, the memes where it's like, you know, <sighs> party has spent eight hours trying to solve this puzzle. DM is like holding the like children's book of puzzles. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. puzzles for four year olds. And it's like, OK, well, this is taking you so long to solve. <laughs> I, I've been on both ends of that. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's a good time. Uh, yeah. Oh, always yeah, fun. No, that's, that's always fun. Yeah. um yeah (laughs) i mean so what what would you say of like the the games that you've like created and stuff like that what would you say is your your favorite and the one you're most proud of Ooh, that was a really interesting question (laughs) um so i guess things that are finished uh mm-hmm. one of my favorites and this one didn't do super well i this was a, it's a one of the one page game jam ones mm-hmm. um it the, the the design ended up kind of just looking like a restaurant menu um but i thought it was a fun idea um it's called tongues the idea is that it's kind of like a world building game based mm-hmm. with a deck of cards sort of like a quiet year some of those other games like that um but the idea is that you are building the history of a language in your world so okay. you're not it's not a conlang game like you're not generating the language itself you could play it in addition to having like a conlang and like having you know mm-hmm. written out action actual language but it's more just like what words were lost and found over like the history of your world and this culture that is developing this language and so mm-hmm. depending on the cards you draw and like which eras you're in it leads to different like defining a word for family and like like Mm. that's like early generation like okay cool you know you you've got your familial unit is like a thing um and it's not more it's like i said it's not like a coddling game where you're sitting there being like okay the word for family is xyz or whatever it's more like our this this culture's word for family refers to you know 
four blades of grass like in the field kind of you know whatever the like feeling of why is that the word for that thing yeah. um and then there's these uh, these events too where uh like different words can be lost or like changed depending on things happening so like one of the events is like a famine happens like what how does that impact your words for things um mm. and i just i really liked that game uh i really liked kind of the way that it came out i liked the sort of um the world building vibe i thought it was kind of a fun thing it didn't like get a lot of downloads when i first put it out um oh, but i was very proud of the way that that one came out it kind of again kind of looks like the menu at a greek restaurant uh because it's blue and has a lot of words on it so <laughs> i kind of understand it but uh, it's a good time oh that's cool so, um yeah no, i mean yeah i think like anything that's adding to a world is always always good fun um to me it, it's it's something that i I've always kind of struggled with is, is that world building element myself. So any, anything I can find that helps me do that, I always love, um, you know, get, getting things where it's like a, a really cool way to build a city out or like, like that, you know, build, building out the history of a language behind something is always going to be a really cool tool to have. Um, cause it, it could also lead you to then using, you know, what you've created with, with that in a game that you're doing somewhere else. Cause you could use it for like the history of Elvish in your world or, or whatever, right? Um, yep. so yeah, and that was, that's that cool. was really the the vibe mm. I wanted from that game. Um, it's something I've always wanted to run a uh, streamed game that started from scratch. So no mm. world, no plot, no concept of anything there. And like started out playing with a bunch of, you know, pick up a quiet ear, pick up a couple other things, pick up like some world building games. There are like, literally continent building games yeah. out there that you yeah, can yeah. run with like groups <laughs> uh you know start at scratch build a world over the course of the first <sighs> four or five episodes of the stream and then get into a 5e or a mork board or like whatever system fits mm. the thing uh yeah. and, and then play in that world that you've created with all the you know the people who are going to be playing in the game i think mm. it could just be really cool yeah no definitely i think that would be a lot of fun and i think as well like for, for what you're saying there about having it like be a streamed thing as well that would be a really cool thing because it would everybody that's watching has the same level of knowledge of the world as it's growing as well. There's, there's no, yep. um, you know, coming to something and then going, well, I have no idea what's happening in that world because I've never played in that space. Like it's not, it's a completely new thing and that's really, really cool. Um, and yeah, I've it, also it played just... with, oh, yeah, I've also played with the idea. Like... <laughs> oh yeah, go ahead. Go for it. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I was just gonna say, like, it, it, I think it would also help, like, the players get a lot more invested in the homebrew element of the world because they help build it as well. Yeah, I think it, that's the other thing that I've always tried to do when I run games is keep some level of like improv available to say, like, mm. okay, you you are a cleric that worships this god, like, who are they? Like, and, and you don't necessarily have to define those things, uh, you know, right away. Um, mm. You can define them later in in the game. Um, I really like the uh, the the sort of feeling of, oh, wait, I have something for this in my games. One of the things I've played with before, too, is like even in 5e games, uh, not requiring someone to pick all of their spells right away. Like mm. you roll up your character at level one. Don't put any spells in. If you know that you know, if there's two spells that you know you want, like do that. Yeah, but yeah. Then when you get to a point in the game where it's like, oh, shit, I wish I could cast knock or, you know, arcane lock, whatever spell it is, just be like. Oh wait, I have a free spell slot. Like 
I haven't put a spell into this place yet. I'm going to retcon kind of the, the improv of the world and be like, oh, wait, no, I do have this spell. And here's why. Mm. Right. Yeah. Um, so I like that kind of stuff. I think there's also a really interesting aspect with the like kind of streaming a game um, where you are doing the world building, where you could also have like Twitch chat or, or YouTube chat like as a player in some of that world building. And like, I think yeah. it'd be a ton of fun to have like a God of chaos that was just Twitch chat. Twitch chat. <laughs> like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 Oh, that would be so good actually. Cause I mean, yeah. Twitch chat, YouTube chat in general, just the, yeah, they are a world of chaos. Oh yeah. Give them channel points to vote on stuff or, or give yeah. like, you know, whatever thing makes sense. And then just be like, do, you know, whatever you want to do you want to tweak something you know have have channel points that are like no yeah. actually that thing you just did doesn't happen now yeah 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 no absolutely yeah like yeah no th- you know that gap you just jumped yeah it's actually 20 foot wide not 10 yep <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah you all just uh, fell actually, unlucky <laughs> yep it's a good time uh we actually have a game on the tales channel that plays friday nights uh called total party chaos so tbk mm. but with chaos instead of uh yeah. kill right um that uses some of those mechanics where the world is actually influenceable by the Twitch chat. Like you can mm. spend channel points to like give a monster more HP or like, you know, heal the party, give someone advantage. Like you can do lots of fun <laughs> things. It it gets wild on yeah. some of the things that you can do. Um, but it's a really good time. But I'd love to bring that into to the sort of world building side of it as well. Yeah, definitely. I think, really I, cool. I, I think like you say as well, like giving it that whole uh that skin of you know they're the god of chaos as well it's just it again it adds that whole extra level of well there it's influencing the world for a reason <laughs> not yep. just for the sake of um yeah i think that that would actually be really really cool um because then as well like if if any of the players decide that that's going to be the you know the deity for their cleric or whatever right They've got to worship Twitch chat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. You got to make Twitch chat happy. Yeah, you got to make Twitch chat happy, which is... I mean, <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, yeah, that would be so much fun to play as well. <laughs> it would be really fun to write up um, like like a wild magic style class or like subclass for sorcerer yeah. or for cleric or whatever that is just like twitch chat based like it's only useful in a live stream but is just like yeah you have to you know what you want to do something like put it to a poll in twitch chat like you gotta you gotta do it that way um cleric of chaos yeah that'd be so fun i like it it'd be really interesting i might i might, I might dig into this a little bit i might i might yeah. write some subclasses that are all live stream have, have a chat after this yeah yeah interesting um so Something else that you mentioned there, which is something that I'm really interested in trying out, but I haven't as of yet, was uh, Morkborg. And just yes, all the Borg stuff in general. <laughs> yeah, so I am <laughs> a massive fan of the Borg games. Um, mm. There's a bunch of them. I'm actually working on uh, one of the other games. The, the long-term running project that I have right now is a space-based Morkborg hack uh, or compatible okay. game. Um mm-hmm. There are a couple of those that already exist, uh, but all of them are different in various ways. The nice thing about sci-fi and space is that, like, you have everything from Dune to, like, uh, the foundation, right? Like, it's it's a wide (laughs) arc of... (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah, the board games are really interesting. I think 
they are, in my opinion, like the perfect distillation of OSR into a like single rule set. They don't mm-hmm. do anything super complicated. They're very much more based in the idea like a lot of the items that you'll get when you roll up a character in Morkborg don't have a use. It's not like you have a torch that lets you do this mechanical thing in the game. It's like mm-hmm. you have flint and steel. If you can figure out a way to light a fire, like your GM will tell you right. if that succeeds <laughs> or fails. Yeah. Um, in the game that I'm working on, there's one thing you can roll that's like uh, you just have a bag of strange silver balls. They're like ball bearings, basically, but they're just silver. And you don't know where they came from. You don't know what they are. They don't actually have a mechanical purpose. But I had a, one of the games that I. <laughs> yeah. Well, in one of the playtest games that I ran of it, uh, one of the characters rolled that and then a can of Vocket, which was like a vodka alcohol with caffeine in it kind of thing that had been like created for the game. And like she was like, can I put the strange space balls in the alcohol and make some kind of weird space Molotov cocktail? It's like, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know what this is going to do, but sure, we'll see what happens. And it ended up like she created a new weapon and I had to like on the fly be like, I uh, that's a D8 damage, I guess. I don't know. Like, but that's that's what I love about the board game so much is they're all very like vibe heavy and not Mm. rules heavy. So it is all just like, yeah, yeah. And you know what? That's a great idea. You absolutely can do that. And instead of, you know, 5e kind of game where you have to then sit down and be like, okay, uh, it's going to be in Tasha's where those rules are. Let me go find. Okay. Or just be like, oh yeah, there's no rules for this. I don't know. I guess roll an attack. Yeah. (laughs) um, Yeah. 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 They're really cool. That sounds good. Yeah. Um, cause I think we, we covered one that I really want to play just cause I was a huge fan of the cartoons growing up, but, uh, it was, uh, Duckborg, which is the, uh-huh. uh, I really want to play it purely because yep. I, like I had the song stuck in my head for weeks after we did that episode as well. Um, but Amazing. I really want to play that one. <laughs> yeah. That's um, one I haven't actually dug into. I have almost all the other Borg mm. games, um, but I need to get Duckborg and, and actually like sit down it's and look so at the rules. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot so, of fun too. I think. I was just gonna the, say, the if Borg, somebody is yeah. gonna get into Borg, um, what would you say is like the the best one to like start with going into Borg, seeing as you've got all of them? <laughs> That's a good question. I so much of it really has to do with like what setting you want to play in. So Morg mm-hmm. Borg is you know dark fantasy. Um, Death in space is very like near space age uh space travel kind of thing uh like it's not very um i don't know what 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 it, it's it's space. it's space but it's not like high sci-fi it's not like mm. dune or yeah, like yeah. uh star wars or star trek even it's it's like you're flying around in basically nasa space shuttles good luck surviving um i personally think that cyborg is the best like encapsulation of the Borg rules. It's the same okay. people who made Morkborg. It took a bunch of the things that were somewhat confusing about Morkborg, that where they was like they hadn't really quite nailed how this mechanic works, and mm. kind of updates some of that. And then just really is like I, I mean I'm a huge fan of cyberpunk stuff, so in general like it's it's nice to just have a 
you know, cyberpunk world that's not just CDPR, like uh, <laughs> cyberpunk 2077 style thing. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think Cyborg, if that's the kind of game you want to run, if you want to run a cyberpunk game, uh, is the best <laughs> like Borg system that exists. Um, cool. Death in Space is really interesting. It changes some other things. Uh, I actually for like I have it right here. Uh, Vast Grim. <laughs> Mm-hmm. is really cool uh another space one but more based kind of again sort of in that like dune realm like there's these giant space worms that are yeah trying to take over the world and everything and i don't know it's very interesting uh all the lore that comes into the the board games but mm-hmm. yeah i think if if you want to go pure and you want to run fantasy mork borg easy option if you yeah. want to do something a little more like interesting better rule set i think but like some changes to the rule set cyborg uh and then when it's out if you want to run space come check out mork soul which is the one that i'm working on uh yeah yeah, obviously it's a thing (laughs) (laughs) oh that sounds good um uh, yeah i mean yeah john we are definitely adding some board games to the list that is that's happening um just just reading chat there (laughs) we're absolutely putting them in the list um and i think definitely once your space one is is ready then that's that's going on the list absolutely because awesome. <laughs> I, I love a space game and the stuff that we've read on um like the borg stuff is is really fun um so yeah it's definitely definitely something that i want to want to have a crack at <laughs> yeah i Oh, I guess I would also be remiss if I didn't mention uh, Pirate Borg, which is uh, like dark Caribbean Pirates of the Caribbean like uh, Borg game as well. That one's a really cool one, too. Um, they're all sorts of board games. They're they're all over the place. Any anything you want vibe wise. It's a great <laughs> a time game for it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, John, do, do you want to ask that question? <laughs> You can come in and, and get a couple of words in here if you've got it in you. <laughs> well, I can certainly try. Um, so, uh, Conlin, we are starting a new project now. Uh, we call it the Crit List, and we uh, basically invite people on to run us through a game. Um, for the most part, like the, the first couple that we've got are... Uh, developers and and designers that are bringing their own games on and they're going to introduce us to those games and you know i wanted to kind of formally invite you if you wanted to come on and run some solborg for for justin myself and most likely couch who's in the chat yeah (laughs) yeah i'd be awesome um it actually is like the rules are fairly well defined now um i've run a couple play tests of it so it's it's at least at a playtest state so if you're cool with a game that doesn't have full art and you know a book uh yeah but has most we we are fine (laughs) with that Um, yeah definitely definitely we'll um after this uh we'll keep in touch and we'll we'll definitely get something set up cool awesome yeah that'll be fun okay so i now need to go take a lozenger because that hurt (laughs) i'm getting my revenge this week uh yeah no yeah i mean that, that'll be awesome um and yeah it is like i said I'm, I'm just so looking forward to to trying it out and and getting involved so and i do love a bit of space <laughs> i like i said there's like a quite a few uh 
space Borg games. Mm. Uh, it's it's interesting. I don't know why. Like nobody really has made another fantasy one. Like I think Mork Borg kind of managed that. Cyborg like did the cyberpunk so well mm. that I think everybody was like, all right, well, whatever. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, like Death in Space is much more of a sort of mothership style game, but like in the Borg system. Um, mm. Vast Grim, like I said, is more like space fantasy. So uh, you're you know doing there's space worms and the end of the world and like necromancers of space and like all sorts of things i love it it's so cool but like it's very <laughs> uh fantasy not science yeah. fiction um just yeah, happens yeah. to be in space um there's another one called orc borg that is you are it's like 40k inspired kind of okay. where you play yeah, yeah. as a orcs on a derelict spaceship um but so Mork Soul, the one I'm working on, which used to be called Scorchborg, which is why the link I just posted in chat says <laughs> Scorchborg and not Mork Soul. Um, <laughs> yeah. One of the, the really it started from none of those games do space combat well, like Mothership. Yeah. If you read the rules for space combat, it's like, don't do it. You're going to die. Like, like, as it turns out, shooting, you know, giant cannons at your little tin spaceship to, isn't a good idea. It's the, yeah. you're, you're no, probably going to kill everyone. Yeah, uh, it's not, not a good time. And that, <laughs> that carries over into Death in Space. Uh, Vast Grim also is very just like, probably shouldn't. Like, you're probably going to be in a bad situation if you try to do space combat. Um, and so I really wanted to focus more soul on, like, the spaceship building mechanics and the, like, space combat mechanics. So um, it still feels like a board game. Like, if you get shot down in space there's a good chance that like your whole crew will die so you should yeah. probably be careful but uh yeah. it, there is an actual like there's shield like spaceships have shields and like there's some capability of like you know actually doing space combat in that way um and that's what a lot of the the rule system sort of is based around so that's cool it's a fun one um should, should yeah, be cool I mean, that, that's something as well that like the there was a what was it it was a TV show I used to watch when I was younger that had a lot of that kind of like ship to ship combat in space. That was always really cool. Um, and like most of the space games that I've played in, in sort of the TTRPG, again, like, like you're saying, all combat is kind of a, you probably shouldn't. Um, Cause you know, I've played uh, like a lot of stars without number, stuff like that, where it, it's literally a case of if you get into combat, you're going to die. It's just a matter of how, um and having something where you can kind of have those you know little skirmishes in the ship and stuff like that that'll be really cool so yeah i'm I'm definitely looking forward to, to giving that a try and it's also i think the other realm of like those kinds of games are like starfinder or traveler or like some of those other more uh 5e-esque games where yeah. now you've got space combat that's like super well codified and like you lose out one of my favorite things about the board games in general is like the GM hardly ever rolls. So like as a GM, you're not rolling to attack somebody. The players are rolling to defend. So yeah. there's there's like not very many GM roles outside of, you know, some random chance things or like rolling on tables. Um, and that you know, space combat, I think, is especially when you have like, OK, this spaceship has every player in it. Now, the roll, the round is like the captain does a thing. The pilot yeah. does a thing. The gunner does a thing. Like you get this like ridiculous sort of like roll through of just like, OK, but we're all still in the same ship. Like 
this is going to take forever. Yeah. <laughs> like I think Starfinder <laughs> runs into that. I think some of the other ones run into that kind of thing. Um, so, so it's interesting. I tried to balance some of that. The, the, you don't mind me talking about mechanics a no, little no, bit. Absolutely, uh, Go for it. The sort of general mechanic. Um, I really wanted that so, sort of um, Star Trek vibe of like, you know, divert all power from shields to engines and we're going to mm. ram them kind of thing. So it starts out with the captain basically allocating out um, points to say like, mm -hmm. OK, engines get four points, uh, shields get one point, weapons get two points kind of thing. Those yeah. points then add d4s into your like roles as the pilot or as the gunner or as those things so you get kind of that feeling of like the captain's calling the shots but it's also not the the other thing that space games run into a lot is just like oh the captain and the pilot are the only ones doing anything in this space yeah. combat everyone else is sort of just twiddling their thumbs and hoping they don't die um <laughs> the captain sort of assigns out those points you get extra d4s to roll on top of your standard like d20 roll um depending on how much power has been diverted to your system yeah um and then you roll a d20 and you have sh ship classes that also can change like modifiers but mm. for the most part you're only rolling like a d20 maybe some d4s and then adding a couple things to it uh based on your abilities and your class and and then all the rest of the space combat kind of follows from that, uh, which I think is a, it's a lot more fun. It feels it makes the captain feel useful yeah. without giving them full control. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. I, I think that, like, like you say, that is something that other space games that I have played have run into is you, you kind of, if you're not the pilot, you're not doing anything. Um, but I, I, I like that whole thing of, you know, what the captain is doing is essentially he's giving orders in the form of, you know, these points. And then those points then get used to do stuff from the person that's actually there. I really like that. Um, I think that's a really cool way to handle it. So yeah, no, I'm getting even more excited now. <laughs> Good. That's, that was the goal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that, that just sounds awesome. Um, and yeah, I think we're all going to be very excited to give that a try. Um. Yeah, I've, I've got. I'm getting flooded with ideas of of spaceships now. Um, so, you you mentioned earlier as well about the uh, the APs that you play in, um, and the the one that you stream uh, was it Wednesdays you you stream that yeah. Yep. I did hear that right. Yeah. Yeah. Wednesdays. So, so, what can you tell us about that? That if anybody wanted to come check out, what they can expect and and that sort of thing as well. Yeah. Um, so Tails, honestly, I think is a very, very like solid group of people playing games. We're all very focused on the sort of like improv performance aspect. We do a lot of role play. We do a lot of like um, focus on character development, character growth, all of that kind of stuff, um, as opposed to I think one of the things that, that a lot of APs fall into is, is they either play like home games that are just streamed right and then it's not like there's not a lot of character growth or like if it is it's it's more home game style character growth yeah. or they're more uh like just combat focused or just like you know okay we're gonna run this like little one-shot thing there's not a lot of time for character growth whatever reason mm. um so i think i think tails is really good at like maintaining a balance of combat and role play um we have a bunch of really interesting characters we're running a couple different pieces of homebrew uh, a couple things we have two uh designer like ttrpg designers on the sunday or on sunset the the wednesday games so 
uh, always fun stuff with the homebrew in different classes. Um, one of our, our players is running a class that they wrote themselves and like developed and, and has for sale on uh, like, I think DMs Guild and a couple other places. Uh, so some cool stuff there. Um, the vibe is very. Um, it's serious, but we make a lot of jokes, I guess. <laughs> like, yeah. like we take the game seriously. We're not just sitting there cracking jokes the whole time. Um, mm-hmm. But there are a lot of like, you know, fun jokes. And, and yeah, um, yeah, we have a good time. Um, it, it's a lot of fun. I play uh, Chorus, the ranger, who is the worst ranger ever. He's a melee ranger, which is kind of a contradiction. Um, and he's very bad at most of the things that rangers are typically good at. So, uh, OK, it's a good time. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds like every character I've ever played because I just suck at rolling dice. Um, John, don't you don't you nod your head at me, John? <laughs> I mean, it's accurate, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, d- dice hate me. Um, when when you do like uh, run for us, you you'll 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 see. Because um, <laughs> I won't just like I won't. I, that's that's the annoying thing as well. Like I don't just roll nat ones or or anything like that. I will just roll under whatever the target is. I mean, like a target yeah, five, that's... and I'll roll a four. Like I'll always just roll under. Nice. <laughs> I, I do I think feel that there needs. So I do feel like um, Justin's characters are conceptually great, <laughs> but the dice rolls don't reflect the concept. So he'll come up and, oh, no, no, I've got this, this, you know, I've got a concept for this character that's basically a grappler. And, you know, she's going to grapple everything and it just, the dice rolls to just. Yeah. So the the character that he's talking about there was uh, in the Skulls and Shackles campaign that John ran way back when. And I built this really cool grappler. um, And like, it was, it was an awesome character. And then it got time to like that first combat. I was like, I'm going to do so well in this. And every single grapple I rolled like, cause it's contested rolls, but every single contested roll, um, I would just roll like two or three below whatever John was rolling for, for their contest every single time. Amazing. So I did nothing Incredible. the entire fight. I just basically walked up to people and gave them a hug every once in a while. <laughs> and then they would respond by just punching me in the face with their sword. <laughs> this, so, so this, this is, sounds a lot like how things go for chorus as well uh i although mine are typically like i either roll really well and then also the gm rolls really well <laughs> like it's that's awful or i roll really badly and the gm rolls really well kind of thing. like it's i'll yeah. roll like a two and he'll roll like an 18 or like you know i'll roll yeah. a 22 and he'll roll like a 27 and i'm like I- how how did this happen yeah no for, for me it's always just no matter what i roll they'll somehow roll higher than me um or if they roll really low i'll find a way to roll lower uh- amazing <laughs> i to, to give you an idea the the sort of general vibe of combat with chorus that always seems to happen and i don't know why i tried different things every time uh but our last big combat i was like oh, hell yeah i hit level nine i got haste uh i'm a horizon nice. walker ranger so i was like oh yeah. hell yeah haste this is gonna be so cool like i'm gonna jump in there i'm gonna hit a bunch of times do all these things and then it turns out we're fighting fire elementals that just do automatic damage and so i just <laughs> failed my concentration check instantly <laughs> so like i roll in i try to do something i miss two swings yeah. uh the fire elemental comes up to me automatic fire damage immediately fail concentration check hasted lethargy so i can't do anything the yep. next round 
Yep, yep, then yep. I get hit with a massive hit from a wall of fire and a couple other things. Go down. <laughs> oh, I guess actually one thing I did do. I have a homebrew spell that I really enjoy. It's called Prote- Protector Swap. It's uh, when a ally of yours fail or gets hit by an attack before the damage is rolled, you can teleport and switch places with them. Okay, uh, you cool. automatically take the attack yeah. uh, and the damage is applied to you with whatever resistances you have kind of thing. So yeah. I did do that. I got, I got through my lethargy round. I was like, oh, no, our cleric is about to die. Swap. Well, I yeah. swapped into their grapple, got just attacked over and over and over again, went down, got rezzed uh, with a big healing spell. And then the last round of the fight walked up to the big villain and just one shot it like like I did no damage the entire combat except for the last damage on the big bad. Like <laughs> it was yeah. amazing. Uh, and that that's pretty standard I'm yeah. usually either grappled or in difficult terrain or doing something not related to the combat. I jumped out a window one time and took like 40 damage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, and it's it is great, too, because like melee ranger, like rangers yeah. are really based, I think, on the idea of like, yeah, you're standing kind of far away and like lobbing arrows mm-hmm. or throwing weapons into this thing. No, Chorus nope. just runs in and smacks shit with a sword. I have a sword. We're good to go. <laughs> yep. Oh, <laughs> uh, I love that. I think that's that's something that I've always like love the concept of as well is taking like a character concept and just completely turning it upside down. Um, like a, a character build that I was working on a while back was a, um, a healing rogue just cause I thought that would be a really fun concept of he just like appears from the shadows, patches you up and then just fucks off into the shadows again. <laughs> there's a, there's a, a build for that somewhere, something similar. I can't remember which one it is. One of the rogue subclasses though, mm. that like gives you extra, I think it's it, whatever one gives you, dash is a bonus action yeah uh and a couple other things you just like run around the battlefield healing like, people with health potions and medic <laughs> kits and, like, <laughs> yeah it's a great it's i love it yeah that's that's so much fun um, yeah no, it, it's uh, something that I, I love doing because it just like you, you get to turn things completely around because like especially during like that that initial um like interaction with the group as well where like you're introducing characters and you're like you look like a rogue you're dressed like a rogue and then you get into that first combat and they're like, cool, the rogue's going to do rogue stuff. You're like, oh, it's okay, buddy. Let me, let me just patch that up for you. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Chorus. My, my whole concept on chorus was I was reading the horizon Walker, like book and was like, mm. oh, cool. They basically get the like night crawler attack and then teleport and attack thing. That would be mm. a really fun thing to base a character around. And then I didn't think about the fact that that's level 11. Like it's so far <laughs> down the line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had to get all the way to that thing. Uh and so we're still not there. We're we're we haven't hit it yet. Uh and yeah, it's a good time. Oh. He, he's also a uh classically trained as a paladin was the like backstory. So like his upbringing was like, oh, you're going to be a paladin of like this god. And he was like, yeah, fuck that. I'm out and went off and became a <laughs> ranger. So he's like kind of bad at both things. <laughs> it's great. It's, it's we love it. It's, oh, it's a ton of fun. That's awesome. I love that. That's cool. I'm going to have to check that out, I think. <laughs> yeah, come swing by uh, Wednesdays. Um, it's uh, 5 p.m. my time, which is I don't know what time that is. EST to uh, PNT. 10 there we go and <laughs> we also have uh uh recaps like we have uh, uh youtube vods and twitch vods yeah, yeah. and stuff too if you ever want to just check uh, out that's, one of those. that's um, awesome i'll definitely have to check that out cool um 
Yeah. John, is there anything else that you would like to add with your lovely ill voice? <laughs> he's currently muted and he's trying to find the unmute yeah. one. There we go. Yes, yes, I was having an old man moment. Um, he was. So yeah, I'm going to bring my my Dosset tones. And um, so Conlin, every week um, we have a few collaborators that send in topics of discussion that that we can can kind of toss around <clears throat> and just basically you know see what we can add and and what we can kind of bring to the table in this regard. So if you would you mind um, joining us for that? Yeah, sure, happy to. Um... I think I, I've run in some interesting circles uh, with some of the TTRPG design stuff, so happy to shoot you whatever I've got around. Okay, so let me just bring up the Trello now. Uh, and I'm working on two screens. So it's going to be a D4 today. So it is going to be a D4 today. As per usual, using my purple D4. Um, I don't have the dice cam set up because I couldn't be That's bothered. Fine. <laughs> all right so in this case it is a two so we are get, actually getting one from chris today oh we are okay so uh chris wants to know about myths in relation to the tabletop role-playing game hobby uh, what ones have you heard of whether that's infamous or infamous um have any been debunked what would need to be kind of been looked into sort of mythbuster style so basically what are the most common myths for you guys um interesting question there's a lot around uh like how some of the the spell interactions work but i think a lot of them like at this point especially with 5e a lot of those like spell interaction myths get sort of addressed um, on well, what was Twitter is now, what was it now X or whatever that is called? I don't know. Um, <laughs> a lot of those got kind of, uh, you know, debunked on there, but one that is still going strong and I've, I've even looked at it and after reading, it, I was like, it doesn't work um, is the whole, uh, it's like using sanctuary, um, the oh what's it i've got i've got a i can't even remember the spells now um there's like a whole set of cleric spells um that if you use like these three together you basically become like an unstoppable thing in the middle of combat um and it's just like every single time i see it i'm like it doesn't work (laughs) um but it just keeps like circulating and circulating and let me just i've I've got a character with the spells which is i'm just pulling it up now um because i'm i'm that level of well there there was one similar in pathfinder first edition and it was Mm. the it was they called it the oradin and it was basically if i'm not mistaken it was a multi-class oracle paladin and the way some of their abilities kind of synergized and worked together meant that you had unlimited healing. <laughs> so using a combination of lay on hand, and I can't remember yeah. exactly what the what the specifics were, but that I mean things like that I've I've always just seen as as terrible game design to be fair. Yeah. Um, um I've, I've found the spells. <laughs> all right. 
So yeah. it's combining spirit guardians with sanctuary is is a common one that I see a lot with, with in regards to 5e. Because um, spirit guardians, basically, you put a a bubble around yourself of these little fey creatures that deal damage to things around you. Um, and it also like slows things that are in it and, and all that goodness. And then sanctuary, basically, you just can't be hit. Like it's impossible to hit you, basically. Um, but the issue and the reason it doesn't work is one of the things of sanctuary is the minute you do damage, it turns off. Sanctuary turns off. The argument that people always make is, oh, but it's not us doing the damage; it's the fey creatures. But it's it's you doing the spell, and that's why it doesn't work. But yeah, that's that's one that bugs me a lot. <laughs> All right, uh, Conlin, have you have you got any myths? Oh man, I can't think of any like really off the top of my head. I know I I read the like Jeremy Crawford's Twitter every now and then, like find the fun, you know, errata stuff that he puts out. Um, But I don't know. All I was going to say kind of in relation to this is like, I think this is such a problem of fifth edition, especially is like there's so many people that play it and the rules are like it's kind of what we were talking about earlier where it's like the rules are very codified like it's like this yeah. works in this way uh whereas with some of those osr systems and some of the other stuff it's more just like you know what if you can figure out a way to cast those two spells together sure for it. <laughs> that might work yeah try it um and, and it's interesting i think the most interesting thing we had recently was someone trying to figure out if you could um with create or destroy water there's like the specifications are kind of weird on how the uh um like you can when you upcast it you can either carrot cover more area or increase like the gallons of water that you're adding but the gallons only applies if you're putting it into a container and the area is like just over a specific area so we were like could you cast it over an area and then increase the amount of gallons that are like just falling as rain in that area and like the rules are not very clear on any of that like there's lots of yeah. questions about all of that kind of stuff and like <laughs> um that but the other one i guess the maybe a myth kind of thing is create water is uh, is a person considered an open container, container. Uh, yeah. that's always the, yeah, that, yeah, that's the, the question one, yeah yeah i mean um the the one that i mean the one that springs to mind for me is is nothing to do with mechanics or even systems um uh the biggest one that we've seen in the history of the hobby was the satanic panic yeah yeah you know we we're we're all raising the devil apparently and i mean i, I mean i know i am but that's nothing to do with that's separate yeah that's separate like yeah. that, that's just in your that, spare time that's just another <laughs> hobby i've got you know yeah. um yeah i mean i think that that was definitely a big one um way back when but i think as well like the a lot of the the myths and and all of those kind of things over the years. I think a lot of them have been debunked. Um, there's one that's just, I've just seen starting to come up now of, because the the wording for the spell fireball in 5e is you just have to point at a location. You don't have to have line of sight. Um, there's a lot of people asking if you could like create the fireball inside someone's mouth or something because you just point at it. Um so that's that's a, a debate that has just started, which maybe we need to dive into Mythbusters style to get to the bottom I mean, of. Because it, I mean, it, it's almost like it's a poorly designed system or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, this is yeah. I mean, this is kind of the thing, right? Like uh, 5e doesn't really have a specification of is there a difference between a fireball going off 
right next to you versus like in your mouth from the damage yeah. side like yeah maybe you can do Ooh. that but like does it matter yeah. from what the spell and, and, says right uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I mean with, with the way the the rogues evade works as well in 5e is you could you could spawn it in their mouth but then they could still dodge it and evade it and take no damage even though the fireball spawned inside them yep <laughs> I mean, I think I do. I do think that's that's an inherent problem, mostly with Five E, um, because when it first came out, there was a lot of um, un- uncertainty about the rules, and it was you know a lot of it's GM discretion. A lot of it is okay, so the GM will have the final decision, and that is great. But then you have a subset of the player base which kind of try and take advantage of that yeah kind of going okay so if it's your if it's at your discretion then why don't you decree that i can do this in somebody's mouth yeah you know and and it and it is it is a bad habit that that kind of players are again a subset of the player base fall into of kind of going oh this is the way i've understood this so as you're the gm and it is up to you then rule of cool you should yeah. allow this. And there is a certain level of ex- expectation. Um, to be honest, I, for that reason, I would love to be a 5e GM because I'd just go, no, fuck off. <laughs> well, um, I think there's... I was just going to say one of the other ones that was kind of a, a theory-crafted build, uh, which I guess you could put into the, the myth category, was the coffee lock, um, which, thanks to one of the races that were introduced in Spelljammer, isn't theory anymore. You can build it. Because the, I think it's the the Thrycreen don't need to sleep. It literally is in the race description. They do not sleep. They don't need to do any of the stuff for a long rest to get a long rest. So there is no downside to them becoming a coffee lock. So coffee lock exists now. It's just something you can do. (laughs) Can you guys think of any, let's call them myths for, for, for argument's sake, that are applicable in one system, but then because of habit, they transfer over to others, and that's when they become a myth. Because I've got one in mind. Uh, that, I think the, that, the, one, one of the big ones for me would be uh, nat 20s on skill checks. It's not a thing. Mm. It doesn't exist in, in a lot of systems, but for some reason people still... So, oh, I got a nat 20 on that deception. They definitely believe me. Like, no, that you still rolled a 21 because you've only got a one in deception. Um, <laughs> that that is a big one for me, actually. I, I yeah, I didn't even think about that one. But yeah, that that's a big one. Well, that has actually reminded me of of, of something completely different to what <laughs> I was gonna say. And that is like it's a Pathfinder issue, it's a DD issue. Um, is the intimidation, diplomacy deception they are equi- they are equivalent to mind control yeah somebody goes oh i rolled a nat- i rolled let's natural 20 but let's say i got a 30 something on my deception check that means they believe me it's like no that means that you are convincing does not necessarily mean that the npc they is going to believe you. you yeah if you are an untrustworthy person doesn't matter how convincing you are doesn't it doesn't guarantee the 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 npc kind of going oh yeah uh, uh, sort of thing mm. and that works yeah. in all the social skills and people have this misconception of oh 
intimidate. I mean, we, I had it in my Pathfinder homebrew where the players um, entered a like a crime boss's hideout. They absolutely fucking annihilated everything in there. They got to the the boss. One of the players rolled intimidation, and he rolled through the roof. It was like a like a ridiculous amount. And my response was, yeah, he's afraid. But he knows that right now, everything you've done, because he's got nothing illegal going on here, that you're in the wrong. He knows he's got advantage over you. So, yeah, he's scared, and but doesn't necessarily mean he's going to buckle. Mm. So, yeah, that, that, yeah, thanks for reminding me of that. That was a good one. <laughs> Um, but the one I was actually going to bring up was, and it and it's specific to certain systems, is don't split the party. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are some systems where that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I think I mean, too, even just like, mm. uh, even in D&D, even in 5th edition, like, mm. don't split the party is good advice sometimes, but like, there are situations where you should, I, I think any of those like, super dogmatic, like, even even people who are like, you know, min-maxers are a problem. Like, you can min-max. I min-max a lot of my characters, but, like, I then do that to then say, okay, this is a place where I'm going to pull them back a little bit, right? Or, like, mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I don't want them to feel too overpowered. I don't want to, like, I also don't want to play a character that's garbage, right? Like, I, yeah. I don't think it's necessarily min-maxing that's a problem. It's how you play that character. Yeah, see, I, I, I min-max my characters, and they're still garbage because I will, like, shit. <laughs> um. <laughs> I mean, but there are some systems. Pathfinder First Edition is is a prime example oh, of that. God, if yeah. you do, if you do not min max, you get left out. Yeah. Yep. You know, you you have to, and it's a shame because you know then it becomes less about role play, R O L E, as it does about R O double L play, yeah. and it you know it sucks to be fair. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, don't split the part like in Delta Green. You know, if you've got a clock ticking, split the fucking party. Yeah. If when something comes to attack you, doesn't matter See, how many of you there I, are. I'm, I'm going to disagree with you on that, because the last time we played Delta Green and split the party, I got shot in the face. <laughs> yeah, but that I was remember funny. The party. That, was, that was fucking hilarious. It was. It was, it was hilarious. Um, he was mess yeah. he was messaging me kind of like, yeah, let him come. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think yeah, it was good. Another one that is sort of a prevalent from fifth edition into like other systems is sort of the the vibe of you don't want your characters to die. I think especially in the Borg systems, especially in some of the other like OSR systems, it's a lot of fun to think about like this character is going to die. Like in the Borg systems, it's so funny to me. You can literally roll a character with one hit point. If you take damage, you die. Uh, <laughs> like, and, and like you, I think it's interesting switching from 5e to some of those systems because you get that like fear of death of your character because you're like, oh, I spend mm -hmm. more time on this, like, you know, whatever. But fifth edition, I think, primes you for you've spent a lot of time with this character, you know, past third level, like them dying is a kind of a shitty thing to have happen and like even i think gms get to the point where they're like well i don't want to kill off my players so maybe that's kind of the the myth here is like <laughs> that, that killing players is a bad thing to do right mm -hmm. like because i think it kind of transfers from fifth edition which like even there is is arguable that that's probably not necessary 
into uh, other systems where death is way more expected, right? Yeah. I, I think that is a more recent sort of stance that people take, though, because, yeah. you know, um, I Jason Bullman posted on the Pathfinder Facebook group something about, okay, so what homebrew rules do you have for Pathfinder? And all, like, most of the ones that were posted were all in a way to make the game easier for players. Mm. Um, it was, you know, uh, oh yeah, because, you know, if you use a hero point, you get to roll with advantage. And it's like, why? I mean, yes, players die, like, not players die, sorry. Um, characters die. <laughs> but the, the protagonist is always going to be the story. Yeah. You know, if you have a character that dies, that's going to suck. And if you're emotionally invested, that's even better because it shows that you are invested, but you bring in yeah. this new character and it's the story that becomes the protagonist. Yeah. Yep. No, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I saw one on threads like earlier and it was, oh yeah, um, you shouldn't TPK. Fuck no. I don't go out to TPK, but if you really, if players make bad choices and it happens, I mean, that, that's the thing though, right? Is consequence. Consequence is important because consequence is what gives you gravity in situations, right? And like we were saying earlier, it's so hard to capture that that element of this could go sideways very fucking quickly because in games like 5e, that consequence has almost been removed completely because there's always a way out. Um, and and I, yeah, that's absolutely something that, you need to have otherwise there just never feels like there's a a consequence to your actions it's just you can do whatever you want and you'll be fine <laughs> i think it's interesting too like the tbk problem or the killing players problem oftentimes i think falls to gms not knowing how to like handle those situations i think there's a mm. with tbks especially there's a feeling of like okay well if i kill all the players like the whole campaign ends like what do i do in that situation right um but I think there's it's funny because I think anytime you look at something that you see as a limitation like that and like turn it around and think about it as like, how can this enable better storytelling? Mm. Have them all roll up new characters. They're all in the same town. And one of the previous characters that TPK'd crawls back into town bleeding out. And their last like act is to say, you have to continue this quest. Like there's so many cool things you can do yeah. to make that story feel important, to make it feel, you know, it's not just that they died. It's that they died doing something heroically difficult and like hmm. now this new group of people has to overcome even that to yeah. you know move forward or, or i mean yeah. like, even like the 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 first kind of mission or quest that this new group has is well we had these adventurers that we sent out to investigate the big scary black tower they never came back can you maybe go see what happened there um, and then again, you could have you know one of the adventurers from the last party like dying at the door when they get there and that there's yeah. like it gives it gives them that whole cool okay we've got a reason to be here now we've got the info dump from the previous group essentially right and they yep. can crack on like it, there's so many ways like you say to overcome that and i, I do think that is a, a big problem is that they're worried about killing off everyone in the party because then they go like you say it, it's the end of their story in their minds and it, it definitely needs to to be changed i think as a, a viewpoint i as a player, I would love to play a game where one of my characters dies and then I introduce another like my next character is like a cleric whose only mission is to resurrect 
the player that die right like i want that character back cool i will play this cleric and now they've got to figure out like all right how do i get to the body like how do i have the materials that i need to resurrect this is it going to take too long like there's so many fun things you could do even if you don't want to give up that character like i don't know it's an interesting one thing. one idea one idea i had for my rune lords campaign um which we kind of left just before the end um and i don't think we'll pick it back up so it doesn't really matter um was that if the party tpk'd right what i would do is i would immediately they'd be resurrected they'd be resurrected in a hall near the big bad with all their weapons full they'd have all their hit points all their spell things and they'd go in and they'd finish the campaign they'd kill the big bad uh, but when they went to back to town when they went back to the village they would realize that 20 years had passed and in those 20 years the big bad had actually become a like a, a ruler of the world mm. so to speak so then that campaign would end there then the new campaign would be in this world ruled by this guy and the whole point would be to resurrect these characters that would be the the ultimate quest yeah so yeah i, I had that all mapped out but yeah i'll use it for something else but i think that that was a really good really good topic so you know thanks chris for for kind of writing that that one in um i think it's almost time for us to start wrapping now Um, it is indeed wrapping up should i say i'm not gonna start (laughs) spitting rhymes you're not gonna drop a poker app on us (laughs) i'm not gonna with this voice you know (laughs) yeah Um, but uh, first of all, Conlin, thank you ever so much for joining us. It has been great. Sorry, I haven't has. been. Um, no worries. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I haven't been <laughs> as active as I normally have. But you know, Justin's enjoyed talking about five E without my without my snide it's comments. So good. <laughs> but that that just means that you know I'm gonna get him next week. Yeah, he is. <laughs> no, balance in all things. Blast. Yeah, it's it's been a blast talking to you as well, man. I've really enjoyed it. So yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming on. Do you want to? Yeah, thank you good. so much. Yeah, please carry on. I was just thank you so much for having me. It's oh, been nice. really great. I had really good conversations and tons of fun. It's been an absolute pleasure. Do you want to like, drop some links? Do you want to drop some some information about where our listeners and viewers can kind of find your stuff? Yeah. Um, so I am lich.dad kind of everywhere. Um, if you go to lich.dad on the uh, website, that is my like personal website. Um, you can find my uh, links to everything. Uh, anywhere that I'm not that, I have Has Been Wizards, um, which is my TTRPG company. Uh, it's was wuz.itch.io um, and then hasbeenwizards.com. Um, and you can find all my stuff there. You can follow along with the games I'm making uh tales of initiative is uh twitch <laughs> it's, i'm all over the place for lots of different things but um yeah pretty much all the places all right and uh, justin once again thank you ever so much for spending some time with me this evening um can you uh just tell people whereabouts on the interwebs you're able to be found of course so i'm uh pretty much everywhere at justin accurate tv um and no couch. We're not talking about Winnie the Pooh. Uh, <laughs> chat. Um, yeah, so pretty much everywhere. Just an accurate TV uh, on our Facebook group as well. Um, and 
yeah, over on uh, the Discord. All right. Um, as for me, you can find me at naturaljuanatdice.com over on Mastodon. You can also find me as the voice behind nearly everything we do in social media, mostly on threads at Too Legit to Create, but we're also on Instagram, on TikTok, Blue Sky. Um, we also have a Facebook group. By all means, come and say hello. Come and join us and interact with us there. I want to thank everyone who's been in the chat. Um, it's been actually it's been nice for a change for me to actually be in there and and interacting a, a tiny bit more but um if you like what you hear if you like what you see give us a rating give us a subscribe tell your friends about us because we want to grow with this community and we want to kind of help bring people up with us as we do and most importantly thank you to everyone of you who have spent some of their valuable time just listening to us waffle on about tabletop role-playing games thank you very much good night see you later everyone